This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. As usual, I am the dude. I am your bartender tonight. But tonight, I am sharing the stage here with a longtime supporter of Hey Bartender Podcast. He's been with me pretty much since the beginning. And he's been a strong supporter. And it's about fucking time I got you on this show because uh, I should have had you on here a long time ago, man. Name is Jason uh, Roman, but he goes by uh, Boogie Lives. uh, Jason, welcome to the show. All right, thanks for having me. Jason, you live in uh, New York City? Yes, sir. Born and raised. And uh, just from a little bit of talking that we were doing before I hit the record button, you do definitely have a little bit of a Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn dialect in you, it sounds like. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I saw that on your profile on Facebook that you, uh, you're originally your hometown is Brooklyn, and uh, yeah. it's not always blindingly obvious. And usually, I get it wrong. And you know, if if I try to try to guess, I say, "Are you from Brooklyn?" And then the guy wants to kick my ass because he's actually from Queens. And so I try to keep my mouth shut on that sort of thing. <laughs> no, it's all over the place. That, you know. So you work at the Clockwork Bar in New York City, but uh, before we get to that. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You you said you're from Brooklyn. Tell us about uh, where you originated. I was born in the Bronx. Moved to Brooklyn when I was two years old. I lived my whole life here, 42 years old, and I just love where I live. It's, just my, it's the best part. I could, I mean, I'd die if I left here. Right. Faithful to the city and all that sort of thing. Since you're, uh, since you're from New York, uh, uh, I usually stupidly ask people, are you American League or National League when it comes to baseball? Oh, the sports? I could care less about it. Ah, all right, cool. We'll get along fine because I don't know shit about sports. Anyway, so you're originally from the Bronx, and so when did you start bartending? Back when you could still smoke in bars. Okay, so that's uh, back Probably. in the early 2000s then. Yeah, I've been, uh, been bartending 13 years already. You know, I've seen it all, but... It's, it's just it's just the life. It's a, it's a way of life, and I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, where did you get started, or have you been at the Clockwork Bar for 13 years? I started uh, started when I was about 19 years old. I was a busboy. Mm-hmm. And then went to a waiter, and then went to a bar back, you know, climbing a ladder. And once I got into the bartending thing, I got, you know, I, I kind of found my spot. Then I've been offered uh, manager manager positions. I turned it down because it's a little more work, and I'd rather just stay a bartender. Well, uh, a lot of my friends and I, we all pretty much agreed because uh, bartenders are, once you've reached bartender, the only way to go is manager or owner. And yeah. most of the time when you look at management positions, you sit back and realize you're not going to make as much money as you do as a bartender, right? Yeah, and, it's, and then once you become the manager, you're married to the bar. Right. And you'd rather just keep it loose, keep it friendly? Yeah, I just want my days off. I want to hang out with my friends. I don't need a lot of money to get by. My rent's pretty cheap. I just hang out, have a couple of drinks, bang the shift out, and live my life. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about ordering parts for the toilet, you know, things like that. Sure, sure. Tell me about your. Tell me about the clockwork bar where you work. Oh, well, <laughs> that's a good one. 
clockwork. All right. Uh, have you ever seen a picture of the bathroom with CBGBs? It looks just like that. Oh, the whole, the whole bar looks like that? The whole bar. I mean, <laughs> the ceiling, the floor, everything except for the bar top itself. The bar top is white marble. Oh. And no one touches that. Yeah. But everything else is stickers and graffiti. Well, that sets a uh, pretty awesome atmosphere. Uh, do you is it? Do you consider it like a hole in the wall bar or? Oh, it's a it's a total dive bar. Total dive bar, nice. You know, dive bars are uh, always cool just because the atmosphere is. Uh, well, corporate uh, corporate bars, you feel like you're rushed uh, as a customer. You feel like you're rushed out of there, and the bartenders really didn't don't get to know their customers all of that well. But dive bars, everybody knows everybody. I'm assuming uh, in your bar. Yeah, the, the way we do it is, uh, we're trying to keep it a little bit scary for those that don't know. But look, everyone's welcome. It's three dollar beer and shot. It's really cheap for New York City. Uh, just come on in and have a good time. It's, you know, it's, it's the golden rule. Like, treat people the way you want to be treated. You act like a dick. We're gonna, you know, give you a little little shit for it. Am I not supposed to say bad words? No, go ahead. This is just a podcast. If, if I were. Anywhere else, you go go ahead and swear as much as you want. Well, I'll try and tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Everybody always asks me that when they uh, are interviewed on this show, but we're bartenders. We all swear. I, that's the bartender thing. You were telling me in uh, the email before that you're mostly just beer and shots. That's your most mostly your clientele. That's that's what we do. Yeah, it's a beer and shot. You get a three dollar beer and shot until seven, and after that, it's five bucks. Which is still the cheapest beer in town. Right. Do you have a big selection of beers and stuff like that? Not much. For the three dollar beer and shot, you're gonna get um what are you gonna get? A Genesee or a Bud, something like that. Yeah. Three bucks or shot. If you want some fancy, you gotta pay for it. You want Jameson that you wanna be fancy, you're gonna be you're gonna pay fancy. <laughs> All right, uh so tell us about yourself other than bartending, what do you do? Well, besides bartending said Yeah. A whole lot of stuff. I like. Uh, I just picked up a guitar. I'm trying to learn that. Skateboard everywhere I go. Uh, music. I'm all about the music. You know, finding new uh, pop rock stuff, rock and roll stuff. Big time country fans. You know. Mm-hmm. So you just picked up a guitar. What'd you get? It's a uh, um, Randy Rhodes uh, Jackson V, but uh, a mini. It's a mini. It's three quarter size. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's, it's pretty fresh. I enjoy it. Yeah, metal zone pedal. It's just fun. As long as it fits you, that's all that matters, you know. Well, the the cool part is, um, I have a at Clockwork. We have a Tuesday night drinking club mm-hmm. where my DJ um shreds guitar. You, I mean, he's a lead guitar player, Ryan Thor. So when the, when it starts getting a little slow, I bring I pull the guitar out and he'll plug it in and just rip solos. Yeah, and and the people love it. See, that's something that I've never been able to do because uh, I I can play guitar, but I can't like go full Kurt Hammett or uh, Randy Rhodes or anything like that. I can play rhythm pretty good, but uh, well, uh, I think I own more more guitars than my uh, talent actually needs. So, and skateboarding's a, a big part of your life. Oh yeah, I've been skating. Um, I started '83, eight concussions. You name it, I broke it. Oh, broke God. everything except for my neck and my back. Well, you need those, yeah. And uh, the old, old man still got it, you know. <laughs> you go out there and show the kids a thing or two once in a while? Uh, I used to do it a lot more, but usually they, they already know who I am by now. So uh, where in New York is the Clockwork Bar located? Clockwork is um, 21 Essex between Canal and Hester. That's the Lower East Side. 
borderline Chinatown. Oh, okay. Um, is nice area town, or is it uh, kind of the well? I'm I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and we uh, we had a nice area town, and then we had the weird area of town. Where does that put you? Oh, it's it's real nice. It's nothing ever really crazy happens, you know. If you got to call the cops, they'll be there in ten minutes. But yeah. you know, on the street, street wise, not a whole lot of action. Well, that's good. Keep it mellow, mellow area. I like that. Yeah, there ain't really nothing down there unless you're going to go to Clockwork. There ain't no reason to go to that neighborhood. <laughs> uh, how's the Clockwork been doing uh, because of this whole quarantine mess? It's been rough, but they 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 don't need uh, drinks to go with the outside little booths, and uh, you know it's, it's the way the neighborhood is. Social distancing. You get a little booth. You sit out there. You have a drink or your cigarette, and then uh, some chick decided to bring a couch from the house and throw it in the little booth. So now it's like that's kind of gross, you know? It's like <laughs> what is it? Bed bugs and Corona. We got to worry about everything now over here. <laughs> Somebody actually donated a couch to your bar? Didn't even. Just put it there. Didn't even ask. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's different, yeah. Uh, probably a little bit more comfortable than putting lawn chairs out there, but yeah, when, you, when you're sitting out in the See, elements. For the first all. three days, it was like, oh, cool, look at the couch. And then after that, you wake up, there's a bum on it. You were like, all right, you don't want to sit there anymore. <laughs> Now you're taking up space is what you do. Right. So you got your customers outside, uh, and you say that it's a music bar. Uh, you like the punk rock scene and all that. Uh, do you do you point speakers outside, or do you just keep, still keep the music on the inside? Well, I, I do keep the music inside. You can hear a little bit, but um, the customers, you know, they got their own Bluetooth speaker. They're just, there's times there's two of them going off, two different bands at the same time. But, you know, whoever got the loudest one always wins. Sure. They bring their own tunes. You uh, do you ever get too many complaints about that or? No, not 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 yet. Oh, cool. Uh, I've just figured that uh, there eventually be like, hey, we we want to listen to our music. No, we want to listen to our music. Your music sucks. That sort of thing. As long as hey, everybody's getting along. the best man wins. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, there's a big park across the street. Whoever got the quiet speaker goes across the street. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was interviewing a guy uh, a few podcasts ago that uh, was also from New York, and he was telling me that pretty much everybody, all the restaurants and bars right now are serving outside, and so you got people, you know, wandering from bar to bar, drinking, drunk, and just picking up as they go. It's kind of like the new thing in New York. Does anybody, like, follow uh, follow the path of the clockwork and keep going, or...? It's pretty much mostly regulars, but, and you got, you know, it's, it's the undesirable is what I'm getting a lot is like, uh, just a bum who wouldn't be allowed in the bar in the first place with his own beer. Just mm-hmm. wants to swing by and sit down with the people and bother them a little bit, uh, but they, they handle their own, you know, it's like, Hey, take a look, read it. Okay. As long as they're cool about it. Cause, uh, cause sometimes people start a fight over that sort of thing is, it's like, hey, I can be here if I want, type of thing. That's the hard part because these boots are in the middle. They're not in the middle. You're in the gutter of the street. Yeah. You can't really kick people out of the street. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be. So it, it's it's the wild west over here right now. Yeah. See, I've never been to New York. Uh, I've always I've always thought about it. Um, hey, you're gonna love it. 
I've like said on a couple of podcasts, like I'm a big Billy Joel fan. If they ever open Madison Square Garden so I can go watch them there, somebody's please send me tickets. But my music tastes go uh, a lot farther than that. But uh, Billy Joel's always been my hero, so that you know that's my only link to New York for this kid from the uh, the Northwest. But yeah, you're gonna yeah, you come down here. Hey, you're gonna bring the bike. You come down here. You're gonna bring the bike. Uh, ride from all, all the way from Texas to New York. Wow, that would be a long, long ass ride. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring a crew with you for that. Yeah, gonna have, gonna need some. That would be fun though. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a really fun ride to go from uh start from Texas to go to New York. Weather, uh, how's the weather out there right now? It's uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. We this jack of weather, and I'm all right with that. You know, finally the mosquitoes stop pecking at us when we're. We're chilling out, especially for outdoors. You know, these guys are troopers. They'll sit here in the snow and yeah. have a drink with me. Yeah. These are troopers. Well, uh, New Yorkers are tough people. So when you started bartending, did you realize that uh, it was that was where you wanted to be? That's what you wanted to do when it came to working in the rest service industry, at least? I just thought, well, you know, um, you know, you've seen my pictures. I've, I've got blood load of tattoos all over me. So the options are very limited. I can't, you know, I can't even work at Starbucks if I wanted. (laughs) But it comes down to like, I can wear whatever I want. I can look like whatever I want. Just bang out a shift and make a lot of sales. And once I realized, you know, I was happy doing that. And you're always meeting awesome people, just seeing old friends. And it's, yeah, it was just the way to go. I got, yeah, I like talking to people all the time, even strangers. And when I see strangers, I introduce them to other strangers and make friends out of them. So, yeah, it was, I, I like what I do. So tell us about uh, the customers that you got hanging out in there, uh, just generally. You know, uh, what kind of people do you got? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all over the place. Oh, forget about it. You get up. And early in the day, you get the old timers, you know, guys in the 50s, 60s. And uh, they're great. And... You get the youngins with, it depends on what day it is, really. Like, all right, let's say, if it's daytime, it's all the people, like, usually, it's a lot of fun, great conversation. On the weekends, it's, that you know, the, the youngins trying to slip in with a fake ID, and then so, one time, some people like, I don't have my ID, check my bag, I don't have it. Like, I'm going to check your bag. <laughs> Make sure you don't have it. Okay, yeah. go back. Yeah. A lot of that. Everyone thinks they're so smart. You know, the young But it, it's, it's a punk rock crowd. They like to drink. They tip. They're real funny. They hang out. Everyone well, knows everybody. Everybody, uh, people walking in with, like, Sex Pistols t-shirts and uh, things like that? Oh, the people watching is awesome out there. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. We got this one neighborhood guy. I don't know what his deal is, but he has, like, no teeth in his mouth. He looks like he never clipped his fingernails in his life. He walks up and down the block, the same, just exactly the block. He won't go around the corner across the street. Just up and down the block, talking his hand like he's on a cell phone, but there's no cell phone in it. (laughs) And and he just wants to give everyone a fist bump that walks past him, like, all day. That's his thing. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the way people treat him, you know, the things that he don't mean no harm, but that's, you know, he's not all there, but we look after him. Sure. That's things like that. Uh, 
the crackheads. You know how New York is. Is this always something going on with the crackheads outside? <laughs> Actually, I, I do remember. I did spend a little time in upstate New York a little bit, up in the Rochester area, because uh, I, I work in uh, wind energy. And you got a lot of wind farms up in, like, the Rochester area. And people uh, people asked me when I was heading up to New York, are you, you going to go to New York City? And I said, well, I've got a company truck. That uh, That's a big no. But and besides, I don't know how to I don't know how to get to New York City from Rochester's. Uh, but uh, one thing that I did learn while uh, while I was in New York, when you order a pizza, you got to have wings with it. That's that's I guess that's a New Yorker thing. Well, wings with the pizza? Yeah. Nah, nah, never heard of that. Okay, that that must have been a Rochester thing, or just that one guy I was talking to. <laughs> You know, not a, it's, it's very rare for you to see a pizzeria that has wings in it. Mm. Uh, like, if I think you get some garlic knots or something, you know, but not, not, the wings not so much. Yeah. Okay. Completely wrong about that. We'll shut that one down. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, uh, say, a typical night uh, of you going to work. So, a typical night? Typical. Oh, a typical night. Typical, yeah. Okay, yeah, like I said, uh, one of my main nights is a Tuesday night drinking club. We called it that. It's Tuesday night. I asked my boss, I was like, I want to start a drinking club. Can we do that? And uh, it's been going on four years. And uh, basically, it just started at 10 p.m., a lot of punk rock, people going. Then around uh, maybe midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, my DJ will put on a phone on blinds. You know, that what's going on, the what's up song. Sure, sure. And then the whole bar takes their shirt off and starts singing at the top of their lungs. <laughs> and and the, I mean, people that don't even know what's going on, don't even know that we're doing that. It's strangers. <laughs> just just take the shirt off and start singing. Once it's over, we go back to punk rock and we'll put the shirt on. It's like nothing happened. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it's, it's kind of funny. And then we'll, we'll bang it out. By the time 2 o'clock in the morning hits, the... the you know, the uh, the normal people walk away and then the other bartenders come visit because their bars sometimes close at 2, well up until 4. Mm. So they come over and then it's almost like an industry night. Everyone else is a bartender or, you know, or lives really close. And then uh, we just hang out, so take a little request here and there, then shut the bar down. And it's, it's all, we'll get some breakfast. No, that uh, industry nights were always cool. I used to love doing those just because it... It, did, does it seem like it to you that uh, bartenders really don't tip each other? They more tr- kind of just move money around or just trade money. Uh, it always seemed like the my bar was open the latest, so all the industry people around the area would come to my bar, and then I'd go and visit them later. And it, after a while, you start to think we're not really tipping each other; we're kind of just trading money. And, <laughs> oh yeah, that's 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 what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we like it. I had this one guy, uh, I don't want to say his name, but he's, uh, he's you know, he used to come out, uh, when I worked at another bar, he'd come over one day, and he's always, you know, hippie guy with sandals and a long hair, and, a, and he's just like, hey, can can I owe you for a glass of wine? I'll pay you next week, and I never thought nothing about it. I liked the guy, he was a good guy. He didn't do it too often, so I floored him here and there. Now, one day he develops an app that's worth a couple mil. He comes over, 
And I and he's like a millionaire, right? This guy's like stories of him tipping people a thousand dollars here and there. Oh shit. So I go, You stole me for six dollars a glass of wine. <laughs> that gave me seven thousand six hundred dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> Kept me seven thousand six hundred dollars. And I, that's how I got the guitar, the Jackson V. I was yep. like, you know what? And it make, it, it kinda makes sense. Like I think I'm the only one that actually reaches out to the guy and that's how he's doing time to time instead of when he's in town. Right. But it's kind of, it's kind of rough off. Yeah. I, I already lost track of what we're talking about. I'm sorry. I had a, I was sipping on a beer already. No, no, it's cool, man. Because that, that had to do with what we were talking about. Uh, that You actually had a customer that was able to develop an app that made serious amounts of cash? Yeah. And when my boss saw that, he was, he thought I was giving a bar away. I was like, no, he paid for every drink. He paid for everybody in the bar. And then he tipped me, and then I had to pay taxes on the tips. Oh, well, that sucks. So, you know, I got, you know, was a, little, a, little, a little bit lighter than what he meant to give me. But, hey, that's better than nothing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, that would that would just floor me, even though I know I was getting, getting taxed on it. But, wow, seven seven $7,600, uh, Cause just because you, he owed you six bucks. <laughs> yeah, cause I wanted I wanted to be like, hey, I want to be off for a month after that. You guys are good without me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to play this guitar. When you're not uh, bartending, though, yeah, you said that you're either playing your uh, playing your guitar, or you're out skateboarding, and uh, I've seen a couple of a uh, couple of the decks on your that you've had on your like Instagram. Uh, are they custom yeah. or uh, where'd you pick those up? Oh, no, I got a great friend who's a collector. So the one I'm writing now, it's um, 1991 um, Christian Hasoy Mark Gonzalez. It seems like it's got to be, it's an old boy. So I ride like, uh, I've always been an old school skateboarder. So mm-hmm. anything old school, but uh, excuse me. And then the youngest one was like, hey, let me do a kickflip. I was like, yo. Fucker, this boy's older than you. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, how's that? How's that? No. Yeah, just <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, the thing is, I, I still get them for free after all these years. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, sponsorships. Uh, did you skate professionally for a while? Yeah, in my younger days, I was. I was twice. Oh, no, awesome. Did you get to uh, get to meet the the big names everybody talks about? And- you know what's what's crazy about that, like. Growing up, just looking up to the pros, that's all I ever, you know, as a kid, that's all you really got to do. You go outside and skate until the sun goes down. And uh, looking looking through Thrasher Magazine and seeing the pros, and now it's, I can call, I can call them on my phone now. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it's <laughs> it's kind of nice. Uh, I can't relate too much to it because when it came to skateboards, I was uh, I was horrible at it. Never could get the hang of it. Uh, I can barely even handle those razor scooters. Um, well, I got to ask, how, how, how tall are you, Anthony? I'm 5'9". All right, yeah, you got it. You can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll trade you any one of my skateboards for your motorcycle. Oh, uh, no, well, that ain't going to happen. Nobody's uh, nobody's taking my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw out a sweet Evil Knievel helmet for you. <laughs> no, uh, Mike, uh, uh, I love that Harley. Uh, that That's staying with me. <laughs> That's my next move is a bike. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love riding, uh, riding my motorcycle and you got a lot of beautiful areas to ride around up there, uh, in New York. 
around around here in Texas is uh, basically flat and straight roads everywhere. So, uh, yeah, you you'd get a kick out of it. It's a completely different. Well, I don't want to call it a hobby. It's more of a lifestyle. So there you go, way of life. Yeah, and it's fun because I bought my motorcycle uh, about three or four years ago. And it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 43 years old or at the time, at the time I was 41 and I just sat back and, uh, sat back. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, anyway, uh, I just sat back and said, I've always wanted to do it. I've got the money to do it right now. Screw it. I'm going to the Harley shop and ended up walking away with one and, awesome. uh, you know, did all the safety courses just to make sure before I bought the bike, just to make sure I wanted to do it, like to do it, wasn't scared to do it. And then went to the Harley shop. And, uh, the cool part about that, uh, being at the Harley shop that day was, uh, they didn't, uh, I had an idea from just looking at pictures, what motorcycle I was thinking about, but then they were like, no, try sitting on this one now. No, no. And how do you feel? And I'm like, uh, this doesn't feel right. And this try sitting on this one. This doesn't feel right. It took like four or five bikes before I reached the one that I own now, a Dyna, uh, Dyna super glide, uh, before I sat on it and went, this feels good. And so, uh, yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> so anybody, right who, anybody who wants to ride a motorcycle and, uh, go for it. I mean, if you're thinking, of, if you've been thinking about it, do it. That's what I tell everybody. When I, yeah, when I was in, uh, I think I was like 20 years old. When I was in my 20s, I was dating an older chick. She had a Harley Sportster, it's a one seat. And um, she would just ride me anywhere I wanted, but she had a bungee cord towels on the back of the fender. And it was the scariest thing. But <laughs> it, we also got a lot of chuckles. We're going to skate park, and dudes would be like, You are the man, dude. You rolled up on a motorcycle with a chick driving you around. That's awesome. <laughs> But I've always been a big believer, uh, uh, back when I used to bartend my, my Harley Davidson riders, uh, that's mostly who I had. I didn't, at my bar, I didn't have, see many, uh, crotch rockets or imports or anything like that. But the Harley Davidson riders, they were, if I ever needed help, all I had to do was just say, Hey, can, can I get a little help here? And they were right there, you know, as if, you know, like, like the brotherhood type of thing, we're here to help. Uh, yeah, they're good like that. I've I've always had respect for the riders that uh, I've met so far. I've met even more since uh, since I bought my own bike. But uh, everybody seems like they're always really cool cool together. There's not much fighting, arguing. They're all just mellow and admiring each other's bikes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. But I'll tell you what. Oh my goodness, I don't know if I should say this, but. I worked at a I worked at a bar. I was, I was two blocks from the Hell's Angels head house headquarters house. Oh shit! Yeah, they didn't really bother us too much when they came in. Oh my goodness! So they refused to show IDs. At the end, they didn't want to pay for their tabs. The whole time, and I had a, a, a vest on. They didn't have any colors or patches on it. Yeah, but they didn't like that and. Eventually, I quit that bar because of that. So, you know, I could understand that someone don't like no clubs because once, you know, they, you want to make them feel like they own the joint or nothing, but and makes people nervous. But on the other hand, you know, bikers, it's the 1%. You know how that goes, right? Right. There's always a uh, bad 
group or something like that and all, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, my uh, the Harley riders that I had that came in my bar, they were just uh, always really helpful. I'm, uh, I mean, there was a kid that tried to pick a fight with me, and I'm pretty sure all I had to do was turn around and say, Pat, kill him, and he would have done it. it. But I didn't. I didn't want that to happen in my bar. Yeah, we got we got I got a lot of locals like that over here. They they bikers though. Yeah, but you work. Well, that, it's, it's always cool. You you worked at a bar that close to the uh, Hell's Angels. Uh, they're oh my god! Yeah, thank God they moved. They sold the house. But, oh, so I'm like, okay, I don't really want you in the bar. You guys got a little bit of a rep, you know. Toys for Tots and all that shit is cool too. But you you got your own bar in your own house, like right? why you gonna be here for? Yeah. Uh, marking their territory and whatnot. Yeah, just stressful. Other than that, yeah, you know what? Respect. I, I, I do like the baggies coming around from different clubs and all that. Sure. Because they, they, the thing is with clockwork is we try and keep it a little bit scary. Yeah. And that's just the atmosphere, and they they work with the atmosphere. <laughs> you so. want to know? Be like, hey, uh, what what the, what what what's, it's, it's so cheap and something bad's gonna happen. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, are they vampires? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Judging by your uh, social media posts and the, all that stuff, you and the stuff you talked about so far, you're very into music, and you're uh, you talk about punk rock, and uh, all of a sudden the four, four non blondes comes on. So, uh, oh yeah, do you do you have a jukebox in your uh, in your place, or do you run the music yourself? No jukebox. Okay. And but you do no, have a we, we we all have our own playlist. Uh. And uh, the way it works is we all get our own regulars by our playlist. And I think I got the best playlist. Yeah. So because I'm a little bit all over the place, you know. It's not always supposed to be punk rock, like uh, like ice cream. It could be vanilla, it could be chocolate, but it's got to be ice cream. Right. But when you start playing like off shit, like. You know, I'll slip in the country song at two, three in the morning. But we start playing hip hop, then we lose everything. And so we got to keep our identity as a punk pop. Yeah, yeah. Who are your favorite bands? My favorite bands, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, dude. I'm so big into Willie Nelson. Hey, that's cool. Michael Jackson, Menudo, uh, Ska, a lot of country, punk rock, hardcore. We've got a little something in there. I'm all over the place, like Andre Bocelli, you know, Italian opera stuff like that. Like, oh, okay, yeah. That uh, for that to make it almost anything, I can get down with anything, really. Just I'll tell you what: you drop me in the desert with a bottle of whiskey, a pack of cigarettes, and a hamburger, I'm the happiest guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so uh, your customers don't freak out when you go from Willie Nelson to uh, uh, Sex Pistols. Uh, to Johnny Cash, to Nirvana, or anything like that? No, nah, no, nah, they, they expect that from me. Yeah, uh, that's cool. And what I've been trying to do is, um, you know, because it has to stay punk, so I'll find punk covers of off songs. Yeah. And just kind of get away with it like that. Like, like uh, you know, like a, a new wave cover, but in a punk rock style. It's a country song. And I'll just find a way to slip it in there and be like, hey, it is punk rock, though. <laughs> is it, uh, in my bar, it seemed like that classic rock was uh, more of the thing everybody wanted to listen to. Even the uh, even the younger crowd, they didn't want to listen to Top 40. They wanted to listen to Journey or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's everywhere. You're never going to get rid of that. No. That's uh, a classic. <laughs> 
and uh but every once in a while like uh when the mp3 jukeboxes became popular and only certain bands signed off on being it i'd sit there and say i really i really want to listen to the beatles right now but the beatles aren't available however and then i'll run over to the jukebox and find a uh a cover of like aerosmith doing come together or there was even i found a soundgarden did a cover of come together and you know i'll find different bands that did covers of beatles songs and play those uh, just because i thought it was funny so you finding going out and finding country songs done in a different uh different style that's that's not all too far away from from what i used to do yeah we do uh there's one we do a little bit it's how ween has a cover of of, of um snoop dogs gin and juice oh yeah i know that and that one, and then there's Hacy Dixie, you know that. Oh, I know them really um, well too. AC, uh, ACDC, bluegrass kind of stuff. So we switch it up, and a lot of times people never heard it. They get into it, they like it, they'll remember it, they'll come back. Oh, that's awesome. Now, you said that you oh, once in a while you get up and start uh, jamming with your DJ, though. What, what stuff do you play? When it's my shift, it depends. Like if it's a, because uh, I do different shifts. I do three shifts. There's 11 to 5, 5 to 10, and 10 to 4 in the morning. But if it's a Sunday early one, just, you know, play real easy, man. Just keep it, shit the people know. I don't want to scare old people away. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically rock and roll, punk rock, a lot of 80s stuff. And, but at nighttime on Tuesday, we kind of get a pass. We'll slip in like new edition or something funny. Or, Sometimes like a breakdance '80s robot song, and just watch. Just basically, we just try and make clowns out of it. We're like, hey, come on, look, watch this drunk motherfucker dance breakdance Michael Jackson shit. And we film it. Oh, and a couple of times I've been a victim of that filming. Yeah, they caught me slapping my ass and dancing around the bar. Yeah, they got me. <laughs> That would crack me up if I was inside a bar like yours. You said you try to keep it uh, dark and scary, but then all of a sudden hear new edition or, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. Oh, what? Here's, here's a good one. One Tuesday night drinking club. Oh, when we first started doing that whole phone on blonde thing, because you're never going to hear that song in that bar. Yeah. But then it comes on. I want to take the shirts off. And start singing, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you got this, someone standing, this little man. He's an adult, but he's a, a little person. I didn't even know he was in the bar. They're just, they're just passing around, and they pass on me, goes, hand him to somebody. I go, how you doing? He's like, all right. So I just pass him off to someone else. He's doing rounds. It's, it's chaos for like two minutes. And then it's back to normal. Shirts go back on, and you never know what happens. <laughs> guys and girls well, you had to be there it was just one of those guys and girls taking their shirts off and unfortunately yes oh okay and, cool. <laughs> you know it does happen and there are a couple times when the song's over i gotta tell i had to tell chicks a couple times like hey you know it's great but the song's over so please put your shirt off <laughs> i mean put your shirt back on please just put it back on <laughs> like I don't have a security guard. You got to put your shirt on. <laughs> that's that's a just a really cool shtick. I've I've never heard of something like that where just all of a sudden the whole bar just starts singing along with a song. Just you know. Well, yeah, it's only the one song. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's a Tuesday night drinking club. Yeah. I mean, there I I have been in a bar once, but 
not the whole bar uh, started joining in, but everybody starts singing Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. But uh, never anything the way you described it. That's that's different for me. <laughs> well, it started off with Blake Shelton, The More I Drink. Yeah. And then uh, somehow it went to Four Non Blinds. So <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Uh, and it's but, the, uh, when it was Blake Shelton, you'd take your shirt off and swirl it over your head like a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know, it, that was funny, but something happens when, like, there's two songs you can play in front of drunk people that they're going to start singing to. One is that Four Non Blinds, and the other one's that Biz Marquee. You got what I need. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could be in any public place full of drunk people and just go, Oh, baby, you. <laughs> and everyone's going to join it. <laughs> Never fails. That's awesome. That's a great story. Now, you're back at work right now, right? Um, a first ship. Well, I'm sorry. First ship in a couple months on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a little worried about it, but we'll see how it goes. Well, uh, I've been hearing, uh, or like fraternal order of bartenders on Facebook and hearing from various people that email me every once in a while that the, uh, some of the regular customers are quick to come back and visit you because they miss you, obviously. And uh, I've been chilling with all of them, the whole, this whole pandemic, we've just been meeting in the park, keeping our distance. I bring the speaker out. It's the same music. We bring our own beers and we're hanging out. <laughs> But they're they're ready. Once I open that door, it's gonna look like a Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, the social distancing and the uh, low percentage of people being in there's uh, it's probably gonna hurt. But there's also uh, I've heard some really great stories of customers uh, uh, co- compensating for the tipping for being closed for a long time. And so I, I really hope and hope that happens for you guys. Yeah, it will be all right. It's, New York's always gonna be fine. This. Yeah, whenever this, this clockwork bar is very, they're nothing like it. There's maybe one or two other bars in the whole town like it. There's nothing like it. They'll all be back. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I wanted to bring up to you, I put out a post a few months back about do bar, uh, how many bartenders out there work for just tips. And uh, you actually mentioned that you have some friends or you know people that uh, don't get hourly at all. And all all they do is work for tips. Is it is that uh, is that true? Is that what happens around there? That's everywhere. That's that's all over the place. Yeah. I've been hearing that uh, some people are trying to is, cha- um, change that though. Well, the thing is, um, if you do get a shift pay, it's either for the day or the happy hour. And I said, but you guys tell me, come on home with like between a buck fifty to three hundred a night. So mm-hmm. it really it don't matter. You you're still come home with a lot of bank straight cash. So. Yeah, and that and that's why you know you can work two, three, four days a week and not worry about it and still live a normal life and have hanging out time. But yeah, that that's the thing over here. Like a lot of bars, they, they ain't no shift pay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Another girl I interviewed. She... But we still pay taxes on our tips. Yeah. Uh. Well. On the West Coast, where I bartended, we got an hourly wage, but we also had to pay taxes uh, on our. We had to report our tips and get taxed on that too. And 
that was sometimes a pain in the ass, especially by the end of the year when you Wait, have to even file. the cash tips. You got to report the cash tips uh, between you and me and uh, the fence post. Sometimes the cash, all the cash tips weren't exactly reported, uh, but uh, definitely credit card tips. Yeah, for sure, credit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, another uh, another guest I had on the show, she even mentioned that she doesn't make a full minimum wage, but she gets a couple bucks for hourly, which is you know a little bit better than nothing. But what if you have a dead bar that night? I mean, uh, have you had nights where you've gone home and it uh, with less than a, uh, less than a hundred bucks? Uh, almost never. Oh, cool. In five years that I've been in Clockwork, almost never. Yeah. Never less than a hundred bucks. Well, and I'm, I'm talking like a five hour shift. So that's like, it's still good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, cause, uh, yeah, back, uh, back when I used to bartend there, uh, like, uh, there's an election night coming up. I bartended on a election night. Or and I had zero customers the whole night. Uh, everybody was at home, glued to their TVs, and you know, waiting to see who's going to uh, be the next president. And uh, uh, that would have hurt if uh, that's what pops in my head every time I hear that there are bartenders out there who aren't at least getting an hourly wage. So, but you seem to be completely cool with it. No, well, that's just how it is. You know, you can't change anything. Every game, you're going to change overnight. It'll probably cost a lot. But point is, it's all I got to do is promote my shifts. I know my homies are going to be there. And we're going to have a great night. And at the end, I'm like, holy smokes. I'm taking whoever's still out. I'm like, you want to get some uh, McBreakfast? <laughs> Hang on. You, you know what? How about, how about we just get a meatball for breakfast at 6 in the morning? Now that sounds like a meal right there. Yeah. I I like that idea. But um, Hey, yeah, I got to ask you, though. What You, you talk about uh, all the bartenders meeting up for you and then going out for uh, a breakfast. What was your go-to plate? Uh, it was usually a, a sausage egg omelet that I, that I usually got that early in the morning. <laughs> or that late at night, however, depending depending on how you looked at it. Just because Denny's was pretty much the only restaurant within uh, Stone's Throw that we all could go to. Um, there were no, at 3 o'clock in the morning, there were no uh, restaurants that served uh, uh, anything else. So it was go to a diner or nothing. Yeah, hey. Yeah, me, I'm, I'm kind of gross, but it was always uh, spaghetti meatballs. Uh, I would have done that. I know it sounds funny, but that's it was a big, huge plate of it. <laughs> I would at the end of the shift, I was starving. Yeah, uh, I would have done that, but I was always pretty sure that uh, the spaghetti and meatballs there probably weren't very good. So stick <laughs> stick to something simple. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> but it was it was always cool hanging out with your uh, bartender friends or uh, after shift, wasn't it? And just go to the nearby restaurant and just chill out there for a little bit before you go home and go to bed i guess i guess i guess it depends well yeah it depends on the night of course but it, uh, usually you have a good time uh, share stories and whatnot it's kind of why i developed this podcast is just be based on that we'd be hanging out at denny's or somebody's uh somebody's garage be drinking smoking and then uh go home you know and we'd all swap stories the whole night until one of us said okay i'm tired 
Hey, I tell you something. There's something you brought up on one of your uh, uh, older podcasts. Uh, if some guy's being a ding-a-ling or a jerk or you know whatever, the other bartenders will call each other and say, "Hey, watch out! There's a, a ding-a-ling walking around. And he did this over here, so you might see him over there." Right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so we got the same thing over here. It was like, but this is like, I mean, two neighborhoods, the Lower East Side and the East Village, all bartenders, still linked to one group text. And we're just like, well, but the thing is, it comes with a picture. You don't just say it. You send a picture, take a photo of the guy. And we're like, you know, the bag went missing. This guy fucking got it. He took it. If he comes in, let someone know right away. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we ain't getting away with too much over there. Yeah, that uh, I uh, that did happen uh, for my bars. I'm gl- and I'm glad it happens for your bars because uh, that's kind of an important thing. Is most of us bartenders were not in true competition with each other, but we got to inform each other if there's trouble on the way. And uh, that's it, now that uh, back when I bartended, it was still in the Nokia fifty one hundred series and uh, no pictures, uh, no camera phone because none of us could afford it. Oh, I got you. Yeah, and text message wasn't really a thing yet uh at that time but uh yeah i remember that yeah we uh we'd all you know text each other uh uh there's somebody on their way he's had quite a bit you can decide whether or not you want to serve him and uh, i'm glad other bars are doing that too uh so you you pretty much got the whole east side of uh whole east side in, in on that group text how many people are in that group text oh well connected my girlfriend's a bartender all my friends are bartenders and all my regulars and um just my friends like they've either i've been to their bar they've been to my bar i've been at a house they've been in my house like we're very tight we know each other sure so there's something going on that we should be worried about it's something we're gonna know about it first before they even get over here and if they don't Someone's going to tell me. So I'm not, you know, we, we already got that covered. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's kind of scary because, like, really, I'll hear about it before the police do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to give you a little chance. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get word of any famous people running around your area? Oh, all the time. Like, who who? Oh, yeah, met? all the time. Oh, all right, the singer RV, uh, RVM, Mike Stipe. Yeah. He was on my box. Oh, nice. And it was the funniest thing because I was like probably 10.30 a.m. I'm skateboarding to work. Got my book bag with a Bluetooth speaker bumping. It's the end of the world <laughs> as we know it. Yeah. Then this guy looks at me dead in the face. It was Mike Stipe. And I look him right back in the face and didn't even recognize him. I'm like... You look like that guy, but he probably lives in California. All right, I see him around. And then I see him every Sunday, just walking past, looking in, and saying hi. It's fucking Mike Spice. He lives around the block. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, you're playing my song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he really, I don't think he drinks, though, so you know, he never came in. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome story. Because I've only, uh, back in my bartending days, I only had posers that pretended that they were somebody famous and that, uh, and they usually cause more trouble than probably the actual famous person would have uh, ever meet anybody else. Oh, oh yeah. We had, uh, what one guy from the Smiths came in one day. Oh, wow. So I, I can't even remember. I think it was a guitar player from the Smiths. Like, I couldn't even tell you his name. So, but, uh, I had a chihuahua at the time 
I need gloves to pet the dog without asking the chihuahua bites him. Yeah. He asked his wife, should I sue him? I was like, you got to, you, would you touch any other dog without asking? Like, yeah, you got bit by a chihuahua. You can sue me? Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I lost all respect for him right there. I was yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. A chihuahua. You can sue me for that. You know, don't even touch the dog. Yeah, try to go to court with that. And I got bit by a chihuahua, and I don't think anybody would take you seriously. <laughs> well, you got to ask. You don't touch people's dogs. You got to ask. Yeah, of course. Of course. You you stick your hand in a pit bull's mouth and be like, he bit me. <laughs> like, no shit. <laughs> First of all, you got a six-foot tattoo, bald head motherfucker walking around with a chihuahua. got to ask why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go touch him. When you want to know why I'm walking around with him, try and touch him. There you go. That's why. Don't touch him. <laughs> after uh after your bar shift uh you uh you've knocked out your shifts for the week uh what's your what's your normal time off what do you do what do you say what do i do when i'm off of work yeah yeah like i said dude i, I skateboard around i see who's out round round up the click round up the crew and say hey uh we're bumping tunes in the park off of bluetooth because all the bars are close so i ain't nowhere to really go so we just all meet up at the park and keep the locals and regulars. And now the what really this um pandemic kind of benefited us because now all the locals from like three or four different bars are all friends and we all chill. So now it's like if something's going on, we tell each other and like, hey, look, there's a barbecue here to do something over there. Usually we just have a couple beers in the park and the cops really cool. It's a little slide, but yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Hey, you there? I dropped the phone. You there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. All right. <laughs> no, so, yeah, we just, uh, so we just hang out, and ain't really nothing going on, man. Ain't nothing to do. I only go outside every other day. Uh, is the pandemic still, uh, it sounds, from what you said earlier, the pandemic sounds like it's lightening up in New York a little bit. It, the pandemic is lightening up. They're letting people like 25% back in the bars and restaurants. Well, really restaurants, but bars are doing it. Mm. Uh, but the numbers are going up. So, you know, I don't want to round to God only knows, man. But this, I just, I need this to be over with. This is crazy. But we also got to look after each other and be careful, be safe. And let's just get this over with. Well, um, Wear the mask, folks. Yeah, I'm, that's awesome you said that. I've been trying to say that in the last few podcasts that we need to help support each other. And, you know, if we can do anything, uh, sh- you know, just uh, order, uh, do a drive through order or something like that or buy something buy something from your friend's restaurant just as you're passing by, that that helps out a lot. Uh, so, yeah, we're, uh, all of us bartenders and servers, we always look out for each other and uh, – You've got a, you've got a huge uh, text message list that probably proves that, uh, and, you know, bartenders looking out for each other and warning about customers and things like that, right? Oh yeah, oh well, yeah, we we got a little thing going on. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, tell me, uh, just uh, just so I can get the uh, get this down on paper, you, uh, I figured that you probably had connections and stuff. Uh, uh, out in the music industry in New York, you told me about a band called the Nuclears. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I looked them up on Bandcamp. I, I worked with three of them. Uh, they worked in restaurants with you at one time? Oh, they're all bartenders. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Um, yeah, I've, I've looked them up on Bandcamp.com. I see they have like six albums or something uh, something like that. And so there's plenty yeah, of... Yeah, they got a new one coming out in a week or two. Uh, so, uh, I mean, that's a great show to see. If you ever in New York or you want to see a real good rock and roll show, they're very entertaining. Yeah. We're going to take a quick short break to oh, right before our musical guest uh, give Boogie a chance to go to the bathroom. Uh, just want to remind you all, visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can catch up on old episodes. You can go check out some Hey Bartender Podcast swag. And also, don't forget to go to www.bartendersowncoffee.com. They've got a huge selection of different coffee blends, some of them that will take your head off, some of them that will just give you a nice, easy morning. Go to bartendersowncoffee.com today. And just because Boogie Lives suggested it, uh, here are the Nuclears with their single, I Just Want to Have Nothing to Do. Never come free 
Once again, from Brooklyn, New York, that was The Nuclears with I Just Want to Have Nothing to Do. If you want to check out more of their stuff, head on over to Bandcamp.com, search them out, or you can even check them out on Spotify, and you can listen to all their music, and go if you're in the Brooklyn area, go check them out sometime. As soon as this whole quarantine crap is over, I'm sure they've got a show playing somewhere. Go find out. Go to Bandcamp.com, check out The Nuclears. Now let's get back to the interview with at Boogie Lives from Instagram. Just because I think bar, uh, the bar scene and music scene kind of go hand in hand. You you know, you enjoy music, you want to drink a beer or uh, something like that. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like a live band, make you drink real fast. <laughs> so I I, uh, I... <laughs> You're like holy smokes. Uh, I we could turn down a couple Bud Light. Uh, I mean, give me another one. <laughs> I uh, did the uh, I did the music scene in Seattle for a little while, and uh, uh, I was mostly just uh, being a roadie for various drummers uh, out there. I wasn't playing myself, but the they all uh, whenever I walked in there, I was underage, but they never asked as long as I didn't tell them, and they'd give me drink tickets, and so uh, I'd get my free. Uh, beer or whatever I, whatever I decide to drink, and uh, uh, hold on, you were a roadie? Uh, not really a roadie. I just helped out friends. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it that was it was the way for me to get into the show when I was underage. Oh, uh, so I mean, setting up the drum kit, breaking it down, putting it exactly back in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I used I used yeah, to. Yeah, I did that to the same thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, oddly enough, my favorite, the favorite band to go do that with was a cheap trick cover band, but, uh, uh, I, I helped out other, uh, bands that did originals and stuff like that too. But, but the nuclears, you, uh, you're, you fully endorse them. You say that's a great show. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I worked with, uh, uh three out of five of them. Mm. They're great bartenders. They're good people. There's, you know, they'll tell you anything you want to know. Actually, I interviewed Kevin the drummer myself a couple of days ago. Really good. I'm trying to get him on your show. He's, you're gonna love this guy. He's fucking awesome. He's got get the guy we talk. Nothing like me, but he actually will speak like clean English. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a uh, yeah. He's a uh, he's a good guy. He's a pain in the ass for everybody's guy. I love him. You know how it is when you call workers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I want to kiss you or slap you in the ass, or slap you in the head sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's crazy? Only inmates and New Yorkers are proud of the time they served. <laughs> like, I did New York. I'm in New York. Another motherfucker's come out and be like, I did 15 years. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> what have you accomplished? <laughs> You're like, nothing. I could say it from New York. <laughs> I mean, don't fuck with me. <laughs> Funny as hell. All right, well... It's not all like that. You know, when they're coming out here, a lot of new, if you, if you even find one, they're really nice people. Sure. The, the, the rap is bad. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I had one uh, true New Yorker that used to hang out in my bar every now and then, and I called him out because uh, he was wearing a New York Mets hat. And I'd always heard that if you wear a New York Mets hat, that me, that absolutely means you are a Mets fan because the Yankees hat has become like fashionable, trendy type of, uh, type of thing. But nobody wears Mets hats because the orange and the blue doesn't match anything, I guess. 
And so he and I started talking about, it, and yeah, he was, uh, he's from New York. Very, very proud of it. And, uh, he's, uh, I even talked, I even asked him about it. Cause you've got that really thick, uh, New York type of dialect going. And, uh, I asked, I asked that guy about that and he's like, I've been here on the West coast for too long. I completely lost it. <laughs> but if, uh, he, he also said when he would go home, hang around the family for a little while, it comes right back. So, uh, hey, any- so I got a question. Yeah. I, I want to I ask you a question, right? But do you, uh, you, you study martial arts? Yes, I do. What are you doing? Are you doing a, a karate or? Uh, it, the style that I do is, uh, it's kind of a mixed martial arts. It's ca- uh, called Kajakimbo. Uh, I study at, uh, Matthews martial arts here, uh, here in, uh, Midland, Odessa area. And it, that I started that kind of, uh, kind of like riding the motorcycle. It was something that I always wanted to do. And all of a sudden I found the time to do it. And, uh, yeah, I've been studying it for close to two years now. I'm, I'm a green belt and awesome. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, for it's, you know, works for exercise flexibility, but, uh, uh, also I just find that it, uh, kind of clears my head a little bit once in a while, you know, cause one of the, when you get reached one of those manic days and, uh, you, uh, you just are angry at everything. Don't want to talk to anybody, but then you can kind of practice for a little while and then you're calm cool you know right on man i'm proud of you for that i saw the pictures i was proud of you hey appreciate that man uh, like, there was one photo you got your new belt and you, you're like you're standing stern standing proud and i was like fuck yeah fucking yeah, i did it and then <laughs> my girl just was like hey what, who's that and i was like i don't know but i'm proud of him. <laughs> i appreciate that man uh yeah, that's just, like I said, it's just one of those things where uh, I've just found the time to do it and something I always wanted to do since I was a kid. So uh, I went for it. I mean, you know, being 43 years old, no, I'm not too old to do that yet. I, mean, I can still do it. Yeah, uh, we ain't spring chickens, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not as flexible as uh, the younger kids that are the same belt level as I am, but, you know, I can still kind of hold my own. Yo, you rock, dude. Yo, I can't wait. If, if we, you, know, you come over here the next time I go to Texas. I know you, you're not really a drinker, but I would like to pound the bro with you. And, you know, whatever. I would do it like, but I would like to cross your path, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you, you've been a great supporter in uh, uh, my show, and you've been uh, helping me out quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, one of these days, if we ever run into each other, yeah, we're uh, we're heading to the nearest bar, and we're ha- uh, going to have a beer. That, that'd be awesome. Hey, Pete, this one. This one, when you did the, uh, the ghost, the ghost on the ghost show, Oh, I uh, yeah. I played that one. I locked in off the bathroom. I had uh, maybe two or three people with me, including me. So it was like uh, four, something like that. But I played that podcast, and, and every other person was a bartender. Like, yo, that ass, my bar is haunted too. I swear <laughs> to God, the fucking bar is haunted. And then he said, later, Phil. Was it Phil? Yeah, it was Phil. There you go. Yeah, it was like, yeah, later, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to engage that motherfucker. I'm going to go later, but I'm not calling them names. I don't say nothing. <laughs> Come on. Don't you, don't you get a feeling every once in a while that maybe your bar has a ghost in it? Oh, I know so. Yeah. Oh, I know so. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't acknowledge him like I used to. 
No, nah, I don't talk to her. I just go in there and I just, I'll see something. As a matter of fact, I can text you. I'll send you a picture. It's <laughs> <laughs> my best friend and his, uh, his old lady. Stand in front of the staircase. Look where the basement goes. Nobody was in a bar. Then you look at the bottles and there's two fucking eyes glowing with a guy smiling in the basement. I mean, and you have to zoom in to look at it. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't even... You didn't even know. I'm like, and the guy was looking dead at the camera. I was like, no one was here. <laughs> it, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not, it's not okay. So it's either hey bartender podcast when I close, but if I'm by myself, it's going to be some Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and get that motherfucker out. <laughs> Everybody leaving at four in the morning. Everybody, <laughs> even you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's creepy. You, you took a picture of somebody, and there was just a strange smile in the background. Because because uh, my bar's ghost. All he did was, well, he didn't do anything to me, but other uh, like other servers, they would he would like be mess with them a little bit by. Uh, they would hear weird noises in the back conversations going when the, uh, the bar is supposed to be empty. Uh, or my, the manager said that the knobs fell off the, uh, fell off the grill. And so my manager was the one that named him Phil. So in order to, it was just became a joke at the end of every shift. As soon as we left the bar, all me and my servers and my, the other bartender, we'd all just say goodnight, Phil, just because, uh, just to make him happy so he didn't screw around while we weren't there. <laughs> and, dude, I got to tell you, the one, the way my bar is set up, it's uh, two seats in the front, windows up and wide, very narrow. I mean, real narrow. Now is how much space you have to walk to the back room is how wide your shower is. Yeah. There's about 14 people sit back there. Then there's three stairs up, holds about maybe 10, 15. Then there's three stairs down, holds about 10 more. Very narrow, you know, it looks like a trail almost. Yeah. Covered in graffiti and stickers. But when I'm there by myself, you hear stopping up the stairs and stopping down the stairs. Sounds like someone's throwing ice. Sounds like little kids are knocking on the wall. Okay. That's... Like, and I go in there, I'm like, I'm not with it. I'm like, hey, all right, knock it off. <laughs> not that that helps. Yeah, well, you got to try anything. <laughs> Dude, that's a that's a lot of that would be that would weird me out really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I want to fuck around and call a fellow, but they all will throw it out of you. <laughs> Be like, Phil, huh? You think that's funny? <laughs> and uh, actually, there was one night where I could have blamed something on Phil, the uh, but uh, I think that was pretty much my fault because I tried to grab too many glasses in one hand. But uh, and one of the glasses broke, and a shard of glass went into my arm. <clears throat> that was me being stupid. But I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, but Phil probably got a kick out of it if he was watching. So you got a lot of friends that sit and listen to Hey Bartender podcast with you. Oh yeah, oh a whole bunch of them. Uh, All the time. Yeah, we hang in the park. We're like, I heard the last and one. Oh, she's a Swedish. She I heard the last Hey Bartender podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're adorable. God bless. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Yeah, and well, my best friend Ken, he's another one. He goes, "Yeah, I heard that one. I heard that one." Because <laughs> I'm always like asking him, "Did you hear it? Did you hear it?" <laughs> well, 
like uh, like Dude, I said, your show rocks. Like you really like you saved my ass. Like I love your show. It's so I I look forward to every single one. I dude, I totally appreciate it since this was kind of just a kind of started off as kind of kind of a goof, but 129 episodes later, uh, it's something that I really enjoy doing, and I'm glad there are people out like you out there that are uh, enjoying it, and uh, it's just it's an honor and all that. No, you're great. I, I need you to, you got, you got to get bigger. We got to help you out. You got to get bigger. This, this, this show is too good to see for us, you know, we got to blow that shit up somehow. We got to get down there. Yeah. I got to, uh, I got to figure out advertising and, uh, other stuff like that and, uh, sell more t-shirts. <laughs> but anyway, um, just to wrap up, uh, do a mock wrap up of the show here. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. I, it's been a long time waiting uh, to get you on this show because you've been uh, such a great supporter for a very long time. And oh, yeah. I was scared to be on your show because I think I talk like wacky and then no one's going to understand me and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like if I, I would like to get all uh, bartenders from all different walks of life to tell their stories because all, all of us bartenders have different stories. I mean, uh, and something something to talk about. I mean, you're the second person from New York that I had talked to, but, uh, uh, I remember the other guy. Yeah. He was a trip. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, no matter what it's, it's cool. I, uh, any bartender that wants to be on the show, I totally encourage it. Uh, cause everybody loves a good bar story. I got one for you from, you gotta listen to Australia. You don't know Bob, but yeah, she's a big fan of your show. Oh, uh yeah, L- uh let her know. Yeah, she want to tell you about the story with the knife, and that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we can get her on the show to uh, talk about that. Um, just have her contact me on uh, Instagram or Facebook. But, yes, for sure. And but uh, like I said, I do appreciate the support. I appreciate you running around telling all your friends about it. The memes that you send me every once in a while, the uh, those are completely awesome. Uh, except for that one where the uh, the spider crawled out of that kid's mouth, that was kind of a what the fuck moment for me. But <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll tell you what, it's an honor to talk to you. You know, I've been hearing this show for I knew it was Anthony before you went public about it because you slipped a few times. I was like, ah, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, I started off the show kind of thinking that uh, I was going to create the character of the dude uh, as a kind of. Uh, you know, a persona or something like that and keep my name private. But after a while I was just like, ah, screw it. <laughs> I don't know, I like the way you say, so you say, don't ever call me Tony. Cause I will fucking look at you if you say that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't say it that way, but the same thing with me. And they go, Hey Booker. I'm like, I'll keep rolling on the skateboard. Not even look <laughs> like, ain't no Booker over here. Uh, my parents told me ever since I, I was a kid, I never, ever liked the name Tony. And nothing against anybody that is named Tony, but uh, I'm my name's Anthony. You want to get my attention? You call me Anthony. Don't don't try to call me Tony. Hey, hey I got. I do gotta tell you one thing though. What's up? All right, this is the the boogie lives thing. How it came up and how it got oh, boogie lives, right? Yeah, yeah. Please tell me about that. All right. Um, there was uh when I was a kid, there was this crackhead named Bird, and he would buy all the kids in the neighborhood forty ounces. Little beers, you know, whatever we wanted. But we, the thing is, we had to get him one. And we were, you know, 17, 18, 19, something like that. Yeah. 
then one day he went missing. I was like, oh, fucking shit. By the time he came, I guess he got locked up or something, but by the time he came back, all the spots we used to hang out at, he was writing bird lips. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Birds are alive. So I wanted all my friends to know that I still live, so I started writing boogie lips on all the spots. Yeah, that's an awesome story, so dude. The so, battery died on me. <laughs> that's an awesome story, man. So that's basically uh, your Instagram and Facebook name is basically you telling your friends that you're still there. <laughs> yeah, I just want everyone to know I'm alive, I'm well, I'm happy. God bless and keep moving forward. It only gets better. Just keep have faith and and watch what happens. Like it only gets better. Sure. Age is a privilege. Or try and achieve it. So, um, to wrap up the show, why don't you uh uh why don't you tell the listeners here uh where you work, what your shifts are, and how they can contact you on social media if you if they want to find out more about you. Boogie lives. I'm at Clockwork Bar. The schedule right now, things are a little hectic with everything going on. But just pop by, ask, ask for me. You'll hear from me. I would love to hear from everybody. God bless all your supporters, all your fans. I'd like to give a little shout out to my girl Jess and my best friend Kim. Big supporters of your show. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I couldn't be happier. This. The Hey Bartender podcast is everything. <laughs> I really appreciate that, man. Uh, and if, yeah, I pr- really appreciate you taking a little bit of time uh, being on the show. I, uh, I've been meaning to get you on the show for a while since you've been such a big supporter. So uh, thank you for being here. Hey, God bless. Thank you. Again, I'll, I'll get my shirt real soon. All right, people. It is last call. Last call for alcohol. So come on up to the bar. You ain't getting shit from me. Uh, Special thanks for at Boogie Lives from Instagram. It was uh, great to have you on the show finally. And thank you for support and spreading the word of Hey Bartender podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'll remind you guys, uh, visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. Check out old shows. Uh, Pick up a t-shirt or two if you feel like it. And also check out our sponsor, bartendersowncoffee.com they've got a large selection of different blends that you can select from uh their breakfast blend plus will add a little spark to your day trust me uh also like to thank the nuclears for being on the show uh boogie couldn't say enough about you so i had to have you on the show uh if you remember their name of their single was i just want to have nothing to do you can find that single on bandcamp or spotify just remember, people, you can always check out Hey Bartender podcast on uh, new episodes every Wednesday uh, at 7 Central Standard Time and Saturday at Central Standard Time. Uh, and we get the old episodes are all available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Just, you know, do a Google search. You'll find me. Uh, but until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to wish you all especially you people in New York that uh, Boogie has recruited to help listen to my and support my show. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got hit.